0: Hi, I'm Associate Pastor Ryan French, and we're so glad you're listening to the Apostolic Tabernacle Church podcast. We hope this teaching and preaching resource is a blessing. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do so by visiting our website, www.aptabupc.com. Just click the prayer request tab in the menu. You can also support this ministry with an offering at the website as well, or by texting the word GIVE to 678-846-6522. Again, that's 678-846-6522. If you live in the Atlanta area, we'd be honored to see you in one of our services. We'll invite you right into our church family and make you feel right at home. I have a a lesson for you tonight, and, and it's a simple lesson. I'd like to direct your attention to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, verse 13 through 19. It says this, When Jesus came to the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremias, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is an incredibly encouraging portion of Scripture with so many theological and practical implications for our lives. But I'd like to speak to you simply tonight uh, from seven keys. I'd like to give you seven keys to spiritually prospering in a pandemic. Seven keys to spiritually prospering in a pandemic. And I I'm purposely keeping it very simple because we're living through a, a season of of humanity, a season of not just life, because this would not be considered a normal life under normal circumstances. This is perhaps a once in a lifetime, maybe even once in a century phenomenon for the church to be enduring its way through. And of course, we know that there's a spiritual element to what's happening in our world that goes beyond, beyond just a virus. Of course, the virus is what affects us the most, but there are other elements at play as well. We know that we're living in the last days. We know that pestilence, is a sign and we are seeing the signs all around us that we we are very close to the return of the Lord. And because of that, there are so many spirits at play in the world that come against our faith. Satan knows that he has just a short time. He doesn't have very long to try to deter us from being ready for the Lord's return. And so the pressure, the opportunity that the enemy has right now is to try to alienate us from the church, to alienate us from one another, to, to weaken us spiritually. You see, uh, whatever happens to our bodies, all, although it can be incredibly uncomfortable and no one likes to be sick, we certainly don't like to face our mortality and thoughts of death. But regardless of that, the enemy has no control over our spirit, our soul, our physical body. But he can try to weaken us spiritually because his goal is not to kill us physically, but to destroy us spiritually. And so regardless of whether or not we're physically strong, we can remain spiritually strong even during a pandemic. However, it's especially difficult for most Christians. I'm finding this to be true because all of the things that we typically associate with remaining strong in the Lord have become difficult for us. For example, just the simple, basic ability to be able to come together, be together in prayer, in fellowship, in church, in preaching— Even right now in Canada, there's a moratorium where our churches are not even legally allowed to meet in the state of California. Many people are not legally even allowed to meet. Unfortunately, this is becoming a trend, and the church is having to to reconstruct itself in a way and, and formulate ourselves spiritually to where we can remain strong in the Lord, even in... Times where it's difficult for us to operate the way that we have been so customed and free to operate And so I'm giving I'm giving you seven keys and they're very very simple I do hope that you'll write them down and think about them. Some of them Might seem overly simplistic, but they're incredibly true I think the reason some of these things are going to seem so overly simplistic is because we lost sight of them in easier times and simpler times. But now that we're in difficult times, we're needing to go back and recapture the importance of things that really should have been simple for us all along. So number one, number one, the first key to spiritually prospering in a pandemic is to keep your personal prayer life strong and consistent. Keep your personal prayer life strong and consistent you know we've all been taught from little children if, if you're like me and grew up in church or if you've been in church for even a short amount of time you've you certainly heard it taught and preached and read that you should read your Bible you should pray every day and all of those things and it's absolutely true and yet I believe that this pandemic has has shed light on the sad reality that many Christians have not been maintaining strong personal prayer lives outside of church. It's good to come to church and pray, but church shouldn't be the only time we pray. It's good to pray over our meals, but that certainly shouldn't be even even close to the extent of our prayer lives. We must have, especially during a season of pandemic and and Lord knows what's coming in the future down the road, we must have prayer lives that are personal, vibrant, and strong that connect us to God through relationship with God. If you know me, and and most of you do, I believe in emotional, enthusiastic worship. There's almost nothing that I love and enjoy more than being able to come together and dance in the Spirit and run the aisles. I love to have good apostolic Pentecostal church. I believe God. Requires that of us, and God wants us to be that way. However, none of those things are powerful and lasting if they're not an extension of our own personal prayer lives. Our worship, our praise, everything that we do, our very strength comes from our relationship with God through prayer. You are only as powerful spiritually as your prayer life you will never be more powerful than your personal prayer life with god all of your weaknesses will flow from your lack of prayer all of your strengths will flow from your use of prayer prayer and personal time communion with god now let me just talk about prayer for a moment and tell you that prayer is not always the most spiritual thing that we feel. In fact, when, when you first begin to pray, your flesh will always push against it. It'll feel mundane, it might even feel boring to you. That's your flesh, that's natural, that's the human tendency, that's your human nature manifesting itself. Push past your flesh and pray, communicate with God, even when you don't feel like it. Now let me, let me add that when we pray, we're in a relationship with God, so we're not just coming to the Lord with petitions, we're not just asking him questions, and of course we certainly should. We bring all of our needs to God. God cares about every single need. But we also talk to the Lord about our struggles, our innermost problems, perhaps the things that we don't like to say out loud to others. You can talk to God about it. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to strengthen you. Ask, ask to feel His presence. Ask for the Holy Ghost to be poured out on you in prayer. It would be good for us to grow in our prayer lives to the place where not only are we praying silently, but prayer turns into praise. It turns into worship. It turns into an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You can do that at home. You can do that at work. You can do it in your car. You can do it on the side of the road. You can do it in the grocery store. You can take a long time to pray or you can grab five minutes as often as you can. But whatever you do, Make time daily, daily to pray. In fact, I believe that we should be prayerful all day long. If there's ever been a time that the church should be prayerful all day and all night, if the Lord has to wake you up early in the morning. uh, For many years, I wasn't an early morning person, and as I've gotten older, I've transitioned to be more of an early morning person and prefer to pray in the mornings. But I remember many, many years where the Lord would have to wake me up in the morning and I'd say, Lord, I don't want to get up. I don't feel like getting up. But God was calling me to prayer. Never resist the urge to pray. If you're feeling a call, a tug in your spirit to pray day or night, morning, afternoon, whether it feels like an awkward moment or not, make time to pray. Pull over to the side of the road if you have to, but be prayerful. This will be the key for us remaining spiritually strong in a pandemic. This is true even before the pandemic, but it's especially true now. Number two, the second key to, be, to spiritually prospering in a pandemic. Be intentional. Listen carefully be intentional about staying connected to your church. Now I'm teaching my church tonight. If you're a guest on our live stream, uh, I encourage you to be faithful to your church, but for the members of Apostolic Tabernacle and the family and extended family of Apostolic Tabernacle, be intentional about staying connected to your church. Now, this, isn't, this is easier said than done because here we are, we're quarantining, we're social distancing, we're having to do virtual things. We hate having to be virtual only. Uh, circumstances necessitate it. But there are other ways that we can stay connected and we have been staying connected. Be intentional about calling someone and checking on them. Be intentional about... Texting someone that you're worried about or someone that you haven't heard from in a long time be intentional about uh, being willing to help someone and bring them food or bring them Medicine or just doing some act of service or act of kindness be intentional about praying for one another and being concerned for one another's needs stay connected through giving stay connected through whatever means we have. For example, if we have a live stream and uh, if we know that a live stream is not as good as gathering in person, but that doesn't mean that we say, well, it's not as good, so I won't get on the live stream. No, we stay connected in every way possible. If we're having Zoom prayer, we know that Zoom prayer is not ideal. We'd rather gather together and pray in person. But if we're having Zoom prayer, be intentional about staying connected so that you can stay strong and prosper spiritually in a pandemic. No, it's not the same. No, it's not easy. And no, it's not even the best case scenario, but you can remain connected if you work at it. And if you try, it's never, ever been easy, easier. In fact, it's always been incredibly easy for someone to slip away and disconnect themselves from the house of God and the church and the ministry and the things of God. Tragically, It has never been easier for an individual to slip away from accountability, to slip away from connectedness that is so vital to the things of God. Make a a purpose in your heart. Resolve in your heart. I'm going to remain connected no matter what I have to do. And this brings me to the reason I read our passage from the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus speaks to Peter based on Peter's revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter had the revelation that Jesus wasn't just a prophet, he wasn't just a preacher, he wasn't just a teacher, he wasn't just a great man or a rabbi, but he was indeed the Messiah. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was the Christ. And he expressed this verbally to Jesus. And, of course, Jesus... uh, recognized that revelation and said, flesh and blood hasn't given this to thee. This isn't revealed to you by just your intellect. No, this comes from, from God himself. You are you are saying a true thing. And then, Peter pro- uh, then Jesus prophesies over Peter's life and his ministry. And he says, upon this rock, the rock being the revelation of who Jesus is, upon this rock, I will build... My church and the gates of hell. Now we have, I think, one of, the, one of the most encouraging promises in all of Scripture where Jesus gives his church a lasting, unshakable, unchanging, uncompromising promise. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. If the church maintains the revelation that Peter had, that Jesus is the mighty God in Christ, if we are truly founded on Christ and on the word of God, and we are the true church, there is no power structure in heaven or earth. There's no power beneath the earth or above the earth that could ever stop the church of the living God. This is a tremendous promise. And when you are connected to the church, you are connected to the promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against your life. When you're disconnected from the church, now you've opened yourself up to the reality that the gates of hell can prevail against you. The gates of hell can prevail against Ryan French. But the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when I connect myself to the church, when I connect my family to the church, when I connect my life, my well-being, everything that I have, my finances, my time, my energy, when I connect that to Jesus and I connect it to his church, now I am a part of a promise that is unchanging, that hell cannot defeat me because i am a part of the church stay connected because if you'll stay connected to the church of the living god hell has no authority over you hell has no power against you hell might knock you down Hell might hurt you, might give you a black eye, might make you feel bad, might make you feel defeated for a moment, but in the end, all those things are are just feelings. They're going to come and go, but the reality is you will not be prevailed against if you are a part of the church. Now, more than ever, be very, very careful and purposeful about staying connected to your church, your pastor, your church family, and the things of God. Number three, the third key to spiritually prospering in a pandemic, find a unique way to stay involved. Now this is an extension of what I just said, find a unique way to stay involved, don't be alone. You can be creative in this, as I mentioned earlier, you can reach out to people online, reach out to people through a phone ministry, maybe, Go get an old-fashioned card and brighten someone's day with a card or a letter. Maybe you're able to help someone in a way that only you can help them through clothing or food or something that you're able to do. Pray about it and ask the Lord to help you. But God will give you unique ways that are special to you as an individual to be able to remain involved in ministry, in helping one another. Our responsibility biblically, and I don't have time to teach this entire lesson uh, about uh, how to help one another as, as the children of God. But the biblical understanding of, of our responsibility is that we, we minister to the body first, we take care of one another, and then we reach from that. And of course, we do. We reach beyond our body and we stretch out into the community and help. But find a way to bless your brother, to bless your sister find a way to be involved and connected with people, and especially find a way to help the weakest and most vulnerable among us, those that are struggling the most, those who are the most likely to be disconnected, those who are the most likely to be discouraged, those who are the most likely to fall away. Allow the Lord to give you a burden and a heart to reach those people, help those people, and bless those people and be involved. Find a way that you can bless the house of God and the things of God. It may not be traditional. It may not be in the way that we're accustomed to doing it. But the Lord will help you to find a way to use your own unique gifts, talents, abilities, and callings to be a blessing and be connected to the church during this time. Number four, the fourth key to spiritually prospering in a pandemic. Place the future in God's hands And rest in his promises. Place the future in God's hands and rest in his promises. I know the temptation is to worry and worry a lot. The temptation is to uh, really focus in on all the things that might be difficult right now, the things that are unusual, the unrest, the uncertainty in our world. And of course, that's natural and to a certain degree understandable. But We're ultimately called to place the future completely in God's hands. I often think about the Apostle Peter and the early church and the uncertainty that they faced, which was far more difficult than anything we're facing today. They faced literal persecution where they were burned at the stake. Peter himself was crucified upside down because he wasn't willing to be crucified in the exact same way that Jesus was crucified There was so much persecution in the early church that they had to rest completely in the promises of God. Their hope wasn't in this world, although God did bless them in this world, as God will bless you and I in this world. But ultimately, our blessings, our treasures, aren't stored up in this world. Our treasures are in a world that is to come. And so we put the future in God's hands, and we trust that God still has everything completely under control. This really is the crux of the Christian faith, where we believe no matter what happens in life, whether whether Rome is coming for us and throwing us in the Colosseums to the lions, no matter what's happening in our world, we know that God ultimately has all authority. And we rest in every promise, and we rest in the ultimate promise that we have a future that is firmly rooted with God in heaven that is bigger than this world. Number number five. number five: the fifth key to spiritually prospering in a pandemic: remain firmly in the word of God. I know this one says, seems simplistic, but just like prayer it's it's never been more relevant and true if if previously to the pandemic you did not have a thriving bible study bible reading time you should absolutely i i implore you i beg of you to get your bible out we have more resources now for bible study than the world has ever 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 had and yet studies show that fewer people actually study their bible than in past times with less technology. You can get a Bible on your phone. You can get a Bible on your iPad. You can get it on your computer. You can have the book. There's no shortage of resources for study and being able to immerse yourself. You can even listen to the Bible now in all kinds of different formats. And I am imploring the church to saturate itself in the Word of God, If you will found yourself, if you will saturate yourself with the living, powerful, effective word of God, you'll be able to withstand all the fiery darts of the enemy. Anything a pandemic brings against you is not going to be able to weaken your faith if your faith is firmly grounded on the word of God of God. Remember, when Jesus was carried away by Satan to be tempted in the wilderness, Jesus' response every single time to every single temptation was, it is written, it is written, it is written. Even God manifest in the flesh utilized the power of the word of God to overcome the temptations of the devil. You will not be able to withstand temptations, deceptions, delusions, and illusions of the last days if you are not firmly grounded in the word of God. I beg of you, spend more time in the word of God than you do in anything else. Allow the word to strengthen you and keep you. The psalmist said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee, O God. You can't abstain from sin if you don't know the word. You have to know the word so that you can differentiate right from wrong. Be in it. Be in it every single day. There are so many resources now. uh, And of course, as we've stated, we hate it that it always has to be virtual at this point. But... To a certain extent it's a great blessing you can listen to podcasts watch podcasts read podcasts you can uh, go to the church website i encourage you to listen to sermons i encourage you to listen to preaching and good apostolic content that will build your faith and teach you and grow this is an opportunity for you to study and grow in the word in ways that you've never done before it's no longer a situation where we can be content to just say, well, I'll I'll get a little word on Sunday and, and if I feel like it, maybe I'll get a little word on Wednesday night that strengthens me. No, we need to be growing and building in the word every single day, every single day. Number six, the sixth key to spiritually prospering in a pandemic, exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. You have to literally say, I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to pray in faith. Faith isn't just going to be a theory. It's not just going to be something I think about uh, and talk about. Faith is an actual place that I'm going to live. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to pray bold prayers. I'm going to ask God to do bold things. I'm going to Ask God to manifest miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm going to exercise my faith. Even when it's uncomfortable, even when I feel weak in my own flesh, I'm going to exercise my faith. Use your faith. Keep your faith. Exercise your faith. Guard your faith. Maintain your faith. Your faith is the most precious thing that you have spiritually. Grab a hold of it with all of your might and cling to your faith for dear life because your very soul depends on your faith. And finally, number seven, in the seventh key to spiritually prospering in a pandemic, refuse to let discouragement overwhelm your heart. Refuse to let discouragement overwhelm your heart. This one is incredibly important because discouragement is not something that we ask for, it's not something that we want, it's not something that we invite, it just kind of slips on us sometimes. And there's no shame in being discouraged. Every Bible character you could ever study had a moment, in fact, sometimes long moments of discouragement. But we make a decision in our own heart and in our own mind whether or not to allow discouragement to grow. And we must, as a church, as a church family, as people who love one another, make a decision that we are not going to allow discouragement to overwhelm us. We may be pushed down, but we're not destroyed. We, we might be hurting, but we're not destroyed. We are bigger than discouragement. We're bigger than pain. We're bigger than uncertainty. We're stronger because we're together. We're stronger because we are rooted on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm going to say that one more time before I pray. If you're a part of the church, I want you to know the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Let me pray for you. I want to pray for your family, your loved ones. I want to pray for your home and your life, that God would keep you and bless you during this time. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, that these would be more than just words that I spoke tonight. I pray that these words would dig into someone's spirit and help them and strengthen them and encourage them to grow in you, God. I pray that despite all of the circumstances swirling around the world right now, I pray that we could spiritually thrive. In this pandemic season, that we would prosper in our love for you, Lord, and in our connectedness to you. I pray for every family that's watching or listening tonight. I pray for everyone who's going to watch in the future. I pray that you would bless them. I pray you would heal them. I pray you would save them. I pray you would deliver them. I pray you would comfort them, Lord. I ask it all in the precious, powerful, beautiful name of Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. You are high and lifted up. You are great, God. You are good. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.